The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Welcome to uh, Wilford Watches Podcast uh, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, wherever you are hanging out, listening to the show. Wanted to uh, say hello. Um, thank you all for joining. Uh, we've got the YouTube live stream going today, so if you're listening to this live, uh, feel free to chat along with us and uh, say hello. Uh, I have a very special guest this uh, morning, this afternoon. He is the amazing artist um, from Eggshell's book. He is chronicling the history of Japanese pro wrestling through art. Um, he is the brother of Chris Charlton. You'll know him from the uh, Chris, of course, from the commentary table at New Japan, which is an amazing gig for him. Very happy for him. Um, we have today Matt Charlton joining. How you doing, Matt? Hey, I'm very well, thank you, and thank you for having me back. I appreciate that. Oh man, I really got some awesome feedback last time you were here. Um, uh, I got to ask you some really kind of curveball questions last time, so I thought this time we'll uh, we'll invite you back for some easier questions and just a friendly oh, wow. chat. So <laughs> nothing too groundbreaking today, but so, yeah, thanks for joining, man. No pleasure, and pleasure, and a pleasure. huge and a huge thanks to you, man, for for sketching my face, which was. Uh, pretty remarkable. I, I remember I saw you do Chris's um, sketch a few weeks back, and then I saw mine's come up on my timeline, and I was just dumbfounded. Um, wow. So just absolute honor. Thank you for that. I'm glad you liked it. And uh, It's always a, a bit of a worry when you're you're doing somebody that you know or you have contact with, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Absolutely, man. I was really, really happy with that. Um, real quick, I want to give some hashtag markout mentions uh, before we get going. Uh, to the Patreon supporters, um, I created a Patreon page to give some extra uh, content and posts uh, to some of the listeners who are willing to pledge and support me a little bit further than, than most. Um, and I want to say thanks to Anthony from Smart to Death, John uh, Courtney and Archie, uh, thanks so much for jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, we have lots of cool things coming up in 2019, so thanks, guys. Um, also, shout out to Social, uh, Social Suplex uh, Podcast Network, which I am now part of, um, with the likes of Keeping It Strong Style, One Nation Radio, and my buddy Omega Luke Podcast. So you can find me on Social Suplex Podcast Network. Thank you, guys. Um, really, really good uh, reception so far, so I appreciate it. All right, so let's get into the chat with Matt today. Um, we spoke about your your history, your your journey coming uh, with chronicling the history of uh, Japanese pro wrestling. How is your journey going? Um, wait, it never never ends. But I <laughs> I got some some really good news over the last couple of days, and so um, 2019 we'll be looking for a, a book to be coming out. Um, towards the end of 2019 uh, uh, i mentioned before the idea for me would just be or the perfect thing for me would just be produce a illustrated encyclopedia of everyone ever and it's it's not quite that but it's about as close as you can get to that um 
and and have it fit on on bookshelves. So no, I'm awesome. really excited at the moment. So no, things are things things are looking really good, you know. And um, it, it's it, you've always got to have goals and you've always got to have have aims. And so so this has given me something tangible and physical to work towards for for the next year. So no, it's going well. Uh, are you planning on having like a print with this, or is this mostly just uh, artwork, or will there be some some scripture in there as well? I uh, no, there's 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 a frustratingly large amount of text. <laughs> okay. Which I right. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, the I'm enjoying that as as well. You know, I'm enjoying the whole thing. So no, like I say, it's it's. It's work and it's a big project, but it's it's fun, and That's it's what I want to be doing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of chat lately with um, guys and girls being exclusive to a brand, um, particularly Walter, Pete Dunn, and and all those guys from the UK, um, where you're originally from, of course. Um, there's a lot of fret at first with the uh, impending. Vince arms coming through the island and taking all their good talents. Uh, do you think that the UK indie scene is is going to be prospering just fine, or do you think that uh, WWE is trying to kind of take over, um, or is this kind of a natural progression of of you know a hot scene? What do you think? Um, 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 um. I, 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 because I come from, or you know, I started learning how to wrestle or, or getting into wrestling where the indie scene didn't really exist. It wasn't, it wasn't cool at least. I mean, there, there's always been wrestling and independent wrestling in the UK. It's always been there. And it wasn't um, great for a long period of time too. Oh no, 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 no. Very good. It, it, because the perception of what pro wrestling was had uh, had changed so so dramatically and so there were these these horrible dark days of the the mid 90s the late 90s where you'd get somebody wearing a power ranger costume or a cane mask or there were just far too many wwe tribute shows as opposed to um the traditional british wrestling style and they they hadn't quite figured out a way of making that uh, popular. It, it certainly wasn't fashionable. It certainly wasn't what people considered to be pro wrestling. Um, but it, it, wrestlers didn't go away. You still had good wrestlers. You still had people teaching mm -hmm. others how to how to wrestle properly, how to tell a story properly. And um, I I don't know. I I do worry about it. I. Uh, the idea of indie wrestling being cool in the UK or, or the pro progress progress is a really interesting kind of proposition. I don't know. There, there, there should be polar opposites to what the WWE is or what they put out. And um, yet they have uh, a, a, a business relationship, which, which, mm -hmm don't make sense and it allows perhaps progress to prosper and, and if you're in an industry to make money and survive then I, I mean, you should perhaps make deals with with everybody and whoever you can but in the long term if it's going to lead to 
you being run out of business or your your fan base turning their back on you. It makes it makes very little sense. So I'm I'm somewhat worried about um maybe the the perception of professional wrestling in the UK, but not so much as to whether professional wrestling will survive in the UK because it, it always has and it always always will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, I think progress in particular has probably the most to show us in 2019. I think that personally, as a really big fan of progress, they've lost kind of their key cornerstone talent, but but I don't fear for them. I think that there are so many great talent, uh, talented guys and girls out there that I think they're going to do just fine. Um, but I think that they have the farthest to, or the most to show us as a fan, um, just because they've lost they're losing so many at the end of this month. It's just, mm. it's, it's, it's going to take a hit for any company. Mm. Um, but I think progress is going to withstand and they're going to be fine. They've got guys like TK Cooper, Chuck Mambo, uh, Chris Ridgeway, uh, Drew Parker. There's so many great names coming up too. So I, I think the talent flow is going to be just fine. Um, it, it might take a little bit of time for them to get back to their levels where they are now, but I think they're going to be great. Uh, the UK indie yep. scene's uh, really, really fun. Um, another scene that's really <laughs> the best in the world is Japan, of course, which you focus on a lot. Um, Noah has been really, really good and really entertaining for myself. I've been watching Pro Wrestling Noah a lot the past few months. And uh, I wanted to know, what have you been watching recently? Um, and if you have any time to kind of keep up with any other any other companies in Japan? Um, what, what companies have you been watching, keeping tabs on? Have you been keeping up with Noah at all? No. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> um, I, honestly, I, I haven't been watching wrestling for the last month or so. Uh, I, certainly not um, to the point where I'm, I'm fully attached to or associating myself with any storyline or any person or any individual just life has somewhat got in the way and um it's not a bad thing i mean uh, so the wrestling i am watching is uh, historical wrestling really i've I've been doing a lot of research and a lot of work on old japan pro wrestling so i've been watching a lot of old 90s old japan and when things are bad that's what everyone should do um but yeah, things things aren't bad. Like you're saying, Noah's been amazing this year. And from the little that I have seen, um, and so this picking out matches here and there, mm-hmm. um, Noah's been great. DDT's been great. Um, but the only thing that I'll genuinely sit down and watch if I've got an hour or two hours it would be New Japan. Um, uh, so no, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, I'm just really impressed with what Noah's been doing this year. It's, it's. Uh, I still wish they had a streaming service, but I mean, uh, I'm really impressed with the wrestling they've had this year. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch them in 2019 with, with all the dark times that they've had and difficulties. Um, I think things are really on the up and up. So I'm really excited for that. So, so if you're listening to this, definitely try to find some Noah Pro Wrestling. Follow people like Hisame on Twitter. Um, great resource for English translations. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, yeah, so let me ask you. Uh, so if someone's listening to this, they haven't heard that we actually spoke about this a little bit last time. Um, 
Tell us briefly about your early training days with Zack Sabre Jr. I know we touched on it previously, but it's always a great thing to touch base with. You actually trained with Zack Sabre Jr. And right now he's he's his his style of wrestling is so unique yet so traditional and i wanted to know if you thought that was an advantage to his overall sell because um, it seems like it's def- definitely working for him yeah no it, it, it definitely isn't uh say zach this year um certainly the the first half of the year his breakout and winning the new japan cup mm-hmm. I, it was Fantastic! His matches, the you know, what he's done with uh, Sonata this year, um, and uh, going into uh, Wrestle Kingdom against Ishii, I mean, love their matches. Um, but I, I think th- there is a certain danger, and again, going back to the British scene, where people maybe will just go onto YouTube real quick and watch a Johnny Saint match and try and. Uh, say replicate uh that escapist style which is particularly unique which only he can do with say the style and and elan that he has um and zach zach's you know quite similar he's he's got this very unique build he's he's particularly gangly um he doesn't he doesn't look like he should be able to to hurt you but you you look at what he does in the ring and everything is undeniably vicious and painful and unpleasant and and i think that's it i mean and and that's what again professional wrestling is about you don't need to be able to do the cartwheels and the flips and be ibushi or um mm-hmm. um, 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 um osprey as as remarkable as they are i mean but having a good grounding in being unpleasant, like Lancashire catch and uh, twisting people's arms and and dislocating people's elbows, and um, NWA Hammerlock, you know, talking kind of going right back to where we were about people who kind of stayed through the dark times and taught people how to put on a show, how to influence a crowd through the little things that you do, not through flashy entrances, not through um pretending to be somebody or something that you're not but through putting on a compelling contest of uh, uh, say uh, psychological opposites or physical opposites or or just two equally balanced you know, competitors it's it's always going to be compelling if told right and say andre baker um the guy who was in charge of nwa uk the guy who trained uh zach saber um, and us and, and my trainer magic um, I know kept kept that alive kept that style alive the importance of being legitimate and and um, uh, presenting or portraying um, a, a believable wrestler mm-hmm. I suppose <laughs> I've run out of words. I'm sorry. No, it's uh, it sounds like you're you're being inundated by a lot of youth uh, in your in the background there. Are there are kids under siege? outside. No, that's it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am somewhat under siege. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a, a scout group, and um, the adults don't know what to do with them, so they just let them run around in this uh, square that I have outside my window. And I'm sorry for the children. Isn't isn't that just like a, 
a small reflection on life. Uh, <laughs> don't know what to do, so they just let them run around. <laughs> just let them run around. If they don't break anything, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so something that, that is causing people a lot of strife, and, and uh, actually we had an awards show on the last episode where I had a fan vote uh, for um, you know best wrestler, best match, best event, all that stuff. And we had the best winner as Kenny, or the best wrestler as Kenny Omega, as voted on by people who listen. And the most overrated wrestler was also Kenny Omega, um, which I found fascinating. Uh, I wanted to ask you, who do you think's winning the the main event at Tokyo Dome? And do you think that's good or bad if Kenny wins? Um, I don't <laughs> think it's necessarily bad. Um, I think it'd be interesting. Um, what do you think is going to happen in the main events? Uh, do you have any – how do you feel about the main event? Do you have like a, a winner definitely in mind um, or are you still well, think, playing it open? No, I, I, mean, I think uh, there's a good chance Kenny will will win. And I don't – again, I don't necessarily think that's a, a bad thing. I don't want mm. Kenny to win because for me going in, he's, he's the heel. Um yeah, I mean, if if that exists in that dynamic that they have, I mean, he's he's the person I don't want to win. So for me, automatically, he's the bad guy. I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. not. I mean, it's, it's very cloudy as to what he is. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's not a bad thing because again, it gives them storytelling options going forward. People will possibly be unhappy um, if he does win, um, and of course, some people will be delighted. Mm-hmm. But it's there's there's such a well no the story arc I mean we're used to sort of three act stories or five act stories or whatever you know, where you, you start out and everything is okay you have a bad period of time you learn something new and you you overcome it and you come back and you you win and that let's say last year everyone wanted Naito to win because that followed that nice neat arc perfectly um, and and he didn't. And so that, that confused people and that, that bothered people. Um, this year, of course, Tanahashi started out okay. Um, he then took a hammering and Suzuki hurt him. And he then came back and he won the G1. And now he's going forward. And, of course, it's sort of logical that, okay, so now now you're going to reclaim your spot at the top of New Japan. Um, but he, he doesn't have to. You know, because these people are... In themselves, not stories. These are individuals, and and we relate to the individuals going forward. They don't cease to exist when they when they win their big match or they lose their big match. Um, so I don't know. There, there's possibilities for for both men going forward to the future, going forward to say Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting to see where where Omega is. Uh, within the company or sort of in the world in general. Um, I, I don't, if Tanahashi gets the belt, it would, I think, be more of a setup to then a, a true passing of the torch to somebody because he's, he's been such a representative for such a long time of, of the ace. And, and he, although he has kind of called back to being considered that, um, it's it's definitely time for somebody else to to step up. I am 
I think I feel the same. I'm I'm rooting for Tanahashi. I'm 100% rooting for him, but I have this feeling that Kenny's going to hang on to it. I don't know what's going to happen. Um I'm just a fan, so I don't know anything more than you guys listening, but I have a feeling that he's going to hang on to it, Kenny. And my prophecy is that Kenny actually would lose it on American soil, which would I think be ironic and a good story. And I think the real story of next year personally, and I want your thoughts on this, is actually the the, the redemption, the rise back to the top for Okada and Naito. I think that would be a beautiful story to be to be had. Um, and I think the, the first couple months of the year will be Kenny eventually dropping it around MSG time. Um, I think 2019 will be remembered for Okada and Naito making their way back to the top. Do you think that that's possible at all? That's definitely possible. I mean, both of those men, I mean, um, Okada particularly, you don't, I don't, because he's been champion for such a very, very long time. Um, you got to forget how young he is and, and how many years he still has ahead of him. Um, Naito as well, you know, he's still a good few years off 40 and, um, no, I, mean, I absolutely think that's possible. I absolutely think that's possible. Um, it's been an interesting year, and well, for Naito, I think a necessary year. I think he's been deliberately cooled off, so yeah, he can come back where the spotlight will be perhaps truly on him, totally on him, like you say, perhaps uh, the focus on him and Okada. Um, I'd like to see Ibushi in there as well. Um, and I'm going to go off track here and ask you, do you think that they they put the never title around Bushi's waist as just so Osprey can kind of get fully fit? Or should we look into this a little more and say that Ibushi's, maybe he's going to uh, be more of a major player in 2019? Do you, do you think that's a possibility from your point of view? He definitely deserves to be. I mean, it, if you look at what the Never title is supposed to represent, Ibushi is um, is the perfect epitome of what the Never title should be. It's just no limits and everything. And um, and and their match, um, Osprey and Ibushi, they're, they're perfect for each other. And I can just see Ibushi having so much fun with with Osprey because the possibilities are are sort of endless physically anything you can think of you can do with this man um and this is the thing Ibushi is such a creative wrestler um such a brilliant wrestling mind not just a wrestling mind but a fighting mind too I mean he, he loves combat sports and he wants to incorporate that um I think he's no, he, he deserves to be at the top. And I think you make him your top baby face. Um, he, he is the successor to Tanahashi. Or he should be the true successor to Tanahashi. And um, you saw that story at the finals of the, the G1. Um, he's definitely not out of place as your, your leading heavyweight champion. I, I have this weird um, timeline that I would love to happen is to see Kenny drop the belt uh, to uh, Ibushi at MSG. I think that would be... Uh, I don't know <laughs> how that plays into Gato's, Gato's mind of booking, but I think that would be amazing to have Kenny and Ibushi 
at MSG. I think that would just blow the roof off the building. Yeah. Um, so speaking of MSG and American soil and the elites and all these um, factors, if if all elite wrestling, which is possibly an offshoot uh, or a new brand of the elite guys, Cody, Young Bucks, Skrull, and all them, um, if this becomes reality and we have a new brand in professional wrestling, um, what do you think it would take for it to be a success in 2019? Um, um, I don't know. Uh, consistent shows, um, development of a brand that doesn't revolve around them, you know, um, because they, the problem that they've had is that the somewhat inevitable backlash against anything that we once like, it kind of hit them pretty hard, you know, and um, they've, they've come back to New Japan or, or they've started reappearing over the last you know few weeks. Um, and I don't, I, I think they're going into 2019 somewhat with a, with a damaged brand as, as, as popular as they still are. They're not kind of your, your cool punk band or your indie band on the cusp of success they've somewhat broke through. And so as a result, I, I don't think people look at them the same. So I mean, for them to succeed, they need to shift the focus off of themselves and focus instead on who they're bringing into the brand and um, what that brand is then going to do to the new people who they are going to expose to perhaps a, a wider audience. I think that's a great analogy you made that they've kind of already broken out of their small bubble of being cool. They're, they're kind of, uh, to put it very plainly is they've, they've got mainstream success now with all in really over exceeding their expectations. I think that because of how, how, how great they've been as a, as a group, and the lofty goals that they're setting, I think it's going to be interesting to watch because I think that they've set these really high standards for themselves, which is going to be uh, interesting to watch to see if they can actually reach the heights that they now expect to, because this is a, a drastic change. I mean, they are basically sustaining uh, a living away from WWE, possibly, um, and that's not something that's been done in a very, very long time. So they're, they're really, they really are changing the game, and, and I'm fascinated to see if that works for them. Um, I just want to say real quick hi to uh, Darren, John, Courtney in the chat, or anybody else watching. Thanks for, for stopping by, as always. You guys make plenty of cool points, and I'm glad you're enjoying the chats. Uh, thank you guys for stopping by. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a curveball your way. Uh, I asked you, I think, about hunks, hunky guys last time, and I want to say you said something about Jay White. Um, Do you have (laughs) – do you you have – have you ever had a crush on a pro wrestler? I personally was was at the time when I was a teenager, Sonny was really, really, like, in your face in WWF early 90s, mid-90s. So Sonny was, like, my first – 
crush uh, as, as a very young, impressionable uh, wrestling fan. Do you, have you ever had a crush on anyone in particular, or just kind of your eyes, you know, twinkled when you saw them wrestle? There's a lot of, <laughs> lot of, a lot of. There's a lot of fandom out there now that's really based on looks, and I don't know. Do you, what do you think? Do, do you ever there's have a, a crush? There. Um, yeah, there well, are, going yeah. back to well, back in the day, I mean, Leiter, I suppose, was um, kind of a crush. Bull Nakano, it, it oh, was kind yes. of a crush. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, um, I'm trying to think. Lacey from, from Ring of Honor? Um, no, I mean, I guess I, I've never, because no, rest. Pro wrestling is is um, you know a medium for telling stories, and so mm-hmm. yeah, why why not you know romance and and that's part of of storytelling. Is again wrestling is, is whatever you want it yeah, to be. Visual presentation is a huge part. Of that's yeah, you know that's it. I'm, I'm trying to honestly no, I uh, never. I, I think again because I got into it. From a from a physical standpoint, or from a, a sporting standpoint, or athletic standpoint, I've never, never really. Yeah, liter. I'd be lying if, if I didn't say liter. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got Courtney talking about Switch Bay, uh, Switch Bay Jay White, which is clever. Um, John is saying Hazuki from Stardom. Darren says Mia Yim is a big. He's a big fan of Mia Yim. Um, so yeah, people are having their say, which is funny. Okay, um, no, I mean, no, that that's it. I mean, if you're looking at say modern day stuff, mm-hmm. you can go through if you know, any of the promotions at the moment. I'm doing something for, um, you know, I'm doing a, a commission at Avid Rival uh, versus Best Friends. Um, you know, so Sukasa Fujimoto and um, Ohata and Nakajima, and um, no, I mean they're. I am they're, a huge uh, mark for Nakajima. He's he's blowing my mind lately, uh, and he looks good doing it. So you know, there's that. <laughs> I think I think that's a different Nakajima, but yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, no, no, I'm thinking about <laughs> Pro Wrestling Noah's. Um, okay, yeah, sorry, wrong, wrong <laughs> <laughs> Um, so so speaking about commissions, do you uh, do you do commissions? Where where can we reach out to you for for doing a commission? I had a couple people ask me before we chatted today um that they're inquiring about doing some commissions where can we where can we uh direct those correspondents to well uh, twitter i mean my um direct messages are are open on twitter so just uh, always drop me a line there um instagram as well i just moved into you know deeper into the 21st century i just got the instagram app you know before that i was just uh, <laughs> using it as the the website but now it doesn't let you upload photographs unless you have the app so now oh. i have the app that's exciting and you can send messages that way which i didn't know so you can probably get me there as well so um if you're watching this stream i have uh his twitter at uh, shining wizard ds on the screen um, and on Instagram, it's Shining Wizard Designs. Uh, so definitely give him a follow um, for some of the best artwork you'll ever see. Uh, Darren, thank you. Actually, put the tag in the chat too. So thank you for that, bud. Um, so speaking of drawing, who are you going to be drawing in 2019? Anybody new? Um, anybody you have plans on uh, drawing? 
um, coming up on the turn of the year? Well, tied very much in with the the book project, you're going to be looking at pretty much complete New Japan, Dragon Gate, Zero One, Noah, an awful lot of people. I mean, um, I kind of worry that there's there's too much to do, but it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, um, everyone. Same, you know, uh, just carry on with with what I'm doing. 2019, just keep up with those people who are perhaps a little bit under the radar. Also, you know, of course, making sure you know, those people who achieve big things get the recognition they deserve. And um, now I'm just looking forward to it at the moment. I mean, wrestling, whoever you're you're into, you know, what, whatever company you're watching at the moment, it's just there's more global attention on on professional wrestling on on Japanese professional wrestling certainly than there was and um you know however the the thing with the young bucks goes um it's 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 still got momentum it's still something new it's still people talking about wrestling and um yeah, no, I, I don't know 2019 is going to be a good year the accessibility is something that I don't think we've ever had before where you can literally uh, just DM or send a message online and you could directly correspond with the pro wrestler. It's it's a fascinating time. And then you also have all of these organizations on Pivot Share or they have their own website for streaming. So it's just exactly that. You know? It's mind blowing I, that I could watch a stardom show just a couple days after it actually airs. Um it's Yeah. It's it's a beautiful Yeah, 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 beautiful exactly time. that. Like I remember having to get the old Touramon gym VHSs you know, <laughs> six months, seven months after you know the show has happened. But now, yeah, the Dragon Gate Network, everyone should be watching Dragon Gate right now. It's um, pretty amazing um, what Pac is doing. He's bringing on new eyes to the product, which I think is far better than I could have ever imagined. Um, anything he might have done in New Japan, I think that his move to Dragon Gate personally is is brilliant. That's where his, his roots were in the past. And yeah. uh, it's fantastic to get new new eyes on, on a great product like Dragon Gate. Um, so we have a Discord server. Um, and a friend Xavier asks a question. So he says, uh, do you have any particular wrestler that you have trouble drawing? Um, an example would be possibly Stan Hansen, like with the mustache. Um and what has been your favorite wrestling promotion this year other than New Japan? So, difficulty drawing anybody? Um, 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 yeah, no, a lot. A lot of people. Like, um, I just put up one actually today, Ricky Choshu. I hate drawing Ricky Choshu. He's very difficult to draw. And he shouldn't be, but he, he is difficult to draw, especially as he's kind of got older and his chin has disappeared into other chins and no, he's, he's a difficult guy to draw. Stan Hansen is a, is a wonderfully easy person to draw because there's um, so many defining characteristics you can just, um, you know, pick on and, and exaggerate or, you know, he's, he's somebody that you can draw real quick, but it's, it's other people with, big pasty faces with nothing quite <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense i, I want to ask you real quick because i i've thought about this but i um is it easier to draw somebody who is more stationary um or is it harder to draw a like a, a moving 
image, um, like an action shot? Um, I think it's 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 definitely easier to draw somebody who's who's stationary, but but action shots will always be more forgiving um, because. No, action shots are easier, I suppose, because because the eye is drawn to not necessarily the accuracy, but instead on on the general overall impression of of movement and um, shadow, and it's it's just more enjoyable to look at. So I think definitely time provided, and or you know, if I if I had time, I'd do a lot more action pieces and a lot a lot more you know, large scale pieces. Um, as opposed to you know, portraiture, definitely trying to move away from just being kind of portrait artist. That's awesome because when I see your your action sketches, I swear they, I could see the images before and after. It's it's uh you really really do a fantastic job of bringing me right into that moment of a certain match or a moment during a match. Um, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It really. I feel like I'm right there watching it, just in the, in a simple sketch. It's uh, it's brilliant what you do, man. Honestly, um, I'm gonna leave with this question that was actually a question on Twitter, uh, put out to the world. I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but it's by a gentleman named Alex um, at the Barry Potter is his Twitter handle, and I've been thinking about this since yesterday, and I, I'm still fascinated to to think about it so i want your thoughts he says um who would you like to care and this wasn't directed to you this was directed to and we got a lot of young lion answers surprisingly uh-huh. um who would you like to carry on the tiger mask gimmick um whenever yamazaki uh eventually retires um do you think it would be a high flyer um, much like Tiger Mask or, or somebody completely different. Uh, what's the first name or two that might pop into mind who could carry on the Tiger Mask legacy? <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I picked, uh, I picked uh, one of the young lions, Yumura, because he's kind of a blank slate still. He's not progressed as far as Shota Umino or mm. or Ren Narita has lately or Kawado, who's in Mexico right now. Uh, I picked Yurmura because I think he was just uh, he would be a fresh face. He's got he's he's ripped. So whenever you have a mask on, you're kind of focused in on the physique. Yeah. And I I think a young lion would be would be interesting. But then you would also have to kind of give him a really heavy duty push um i think well no that's it i mean whoever whoever takes the the tiger mask is is gonna have to be somebody that you have an awful lot of faith in um because they're taking yeah 30 35 40 year legacy um and and people have certain expectations of of what that would be and you look at the people who've who've worn that mask um i mean I think what there's, there's an awful lot of tiger masks now. Um, I've got, of course, you got Tiger Mask Four in um, in New Japan, but you've, mm-hmm. you've got um, Super Tiger, and um, I think a, a new Tiger Mask was introduced not that long ago. I can't remember who who's uh, under the mask. But... Well, there was a Tiger Mask W, which 
we could elect, oh, no, they, we could say yeah. possibly was Ibushi for a little period of time. And yeah. then you had, of course, I think it was Black Tiger, um, which was Rocky Romero for a period of time. Um, so there's yeah, been different. The, yeah. But on the on the indies anyway, you know, um, mm-hmm. the original Tiger Mask came out and said, okay, now this this is my disciple, and um, and there is a new Tiger Mask somewhere on on the indie scene, but but not not officially, you know, or not, at least not not in New Japan. So, you know, the lineage now is muddy, and um, if you look at say uh, the Black Tiger, uh, there's, there's seven Black Tigers now, and it, it's. Uh, again somewhat lost um one, once you lose track of who's who and who's doing what you, you somewhat lose interest in in the character and so whoever takes it for new japan is going to have to be pushed to the moon this is tiger mask this is tiger mask five um and so it would have to be someone yeah completely completely new um or yeah i like the idea of Kawato. Yeah, I, I'm. I can't wait for Kawato to come back um, from Mexico. I'm. I've been really high on him uh, right before he left. He just he has this fire about him that that specifically the Corkin Hall was just absolutely behind right before he left. And I think Kawato is going to be a, a mega star. Um, that's about it, man. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Let you go. Um, I appreciate you for drawing the sketch that was uh, touch my heart so thank you uh <laughs> thanks for all the kind words of course um and i appreciate your time please follow matt at shining wizard ds on twitter at shining wizard designs on instagram reach out to him let him know how he's doing uh, reach out for him for a commission if you need something done um and thank you matt for your time i appreciate it no, absolute pleasure man thank you again for having me Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.